This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog. Welcome to Forever Dog. You can listen to this podcast ad-free on Forever Dog Plus by signing up at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. And make sure to follow us on social at Forever Dog Team and check out all of our podcasts at foreverdogpodcasts.com. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Forever Welcome to Public Domain Theatre with Kelly Nugent and Lindsay K. Tai. This week, The Monkey's Paw by W.W. Jacobs. Welcome to Public Domain Theatre, the podcast of highbrow readings and lowbrow commentary. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay K. Tai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And we are here with no one. We are here yeah, with he, my dog, Edwin. With Edwin. Edwin the dog. Mr. Edwino. He is grumbling. He might need to go out. And then my boyfriend can take him. He looks like a corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> the way he's laying is so like cylindrical. Who's a little pumpkin spice latte? Oh my gosh, his little tummy when he's breathing. Excellent work, Edwin. Excellent work. <laughs> Excellent tummy work. Yeah, so I have a cute dog. We're at my house. We have no guest. Yeah. Living it up. Yeah. Our shoes are off. Our shoes are off? We're sitting on couches. This place is air conditioned. Yes, AC. <gasps> we would have been in that studio. Boiling with, our butts off. Oh, my God. Here's the thing. Yes. There's a heat wave right now. Yep. Which I know it's like all we talk about, but like. And you probably saw on Twitter, but you guys. I don't think you get how freaking hot it, it was. It was 114 degrees last Friday in Burbank. No, honey, I will tell you, I was driving honey, what? at one point. Honey, yes? I drove through Burbank because I had to go to, I was going to go to Hyper RPG to, on Friday. Uh-huh. It was 120 degrees. <gasps> and I saw a guy on a motorcycle driving by and he was like wearing the motorcycle protective gear. Uh-huh. In the elements, 120 degrees. Oh, my God. I and hope he's weird. okay. I, I think he's, you know, he gave me a thumbs up. I, I rolled down the window and I was like, is it safe for you to be wearing that gear during a heat wave? Uh, and he and he said, yes, it is. He said, it is, ma'am. And I'm so glad we speak in the same way. Oh, I listened to your episode <laughs> where you unfroze a caveman. Oh, yeah. They love me. They love me. Uh, but uh, it was hot. And then... Couldn't even do the show at Hyper RPG because uh, our too infrastructure uh, doesn't support it. And there was a blackout and uh, their internet went down. Yep. There you go. So we're not it's baby too heads. darn hot. It's freaking hot out right now. It's really bad. 
now it's gone back to 90 and the whole of Los Angeles is like, ah, a yeah. cool 90. I know. I've just been blasting my AC like crazy. I have it on at 65 degrees because it's a wall unit. And mm-hmm. so I'm just like, blast it, baby. Yeah. Do it. Um, so we're we're currently c- climate controlled. We're living uh-huh. that life. Um, and we're reading a, a story called The Monkey's Paw. I actually didn't know who this was by, W.W. W. Jacobs. I sort of just thought it was like a fairy tale. <laughs> I thought it was like I thought it was like a folk tale or something. Like yeah. something that Yeah, I tell thought it kids. was just like it got passed down like yeah. Are you familiar with this story? This is what I know of the story. Uh-huh. A person gets a monkey paw. Mhm. They buy it from like a shady proprietor. Yeah. I feel like I'm there's just like picturing an- that uh Simpsons episode. Yeah. And I feel like maybe there's like considering that the this frozen is an yogurt old story. Is 1863. Oh, I'm sorry. No, this is when the guy was born. But, you know, olden times, 1902. Mm-hmm. That's pretty old. I feel like maybe there's some Orientalism things going on. Like they buy mm-hmm. it from like a... From, Would from, not be surprised. Yeah. And then and then it, they can get wishes and then they wish for something and it's not what they thought. It's not... Well, they're getting it, but not in the way they wanted it. Yeah. So that's what I know of the story. I don't know the, any of the specifics. I am looking up Simpsons, Monkey Paw. The monkey paw nightmare. Also, wouldn't we call it a monkey hand? I'm just at, like, you know. Don't monkeys have paws? I feel like they have little hands. Yeah, maybe. A paw to me is like a rock and four yeah. jelly beans. The monkey's paw is Lisa's nightmare. Story has the Simpsons visit Morocco. Mm. Yeah, they wish for things. Um, yeah, and every... Everybody's wishes are fine except for Lisa's. Hmm. Well, we'll see how true to mm-hmm. to the story the Simpsons. And let's see were. if Lisa gets what she wants. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, but it's got one of the best, or not? I'm, there are many bests, but uh, a famous, funny Simpsons part where Homer tries to buy evil frozen yogurt. Anyway, you guys have seen it. You know Simpsons. We all know it. We love it. We all know it. We all love, love it. W.W. Jacobs. What do you think W.W. stands for? Did you look already? Don't look. I didn't. Close your eyes. I'm not looking. I don't cheat. You don't. I'm not a cheater. No, you're very honest and fair. I am. I'm overly so, maybe. Overly so. W.W. What do you think? Worldwide. Yep. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Dale. Yep. This is written by Pitbull. Cool. Mm-hmm. No. I bet he's a good writer. Uh, is he a good writer? No idea, but I know he's great vibes. Great um, vibes. Some of the be- some of the top ten, like maybe top ten vibes. Yeah, top ten vibes Mr. in Worldwide. human history. Yeah, not just now. Yeah, not just current human vibes. Pitbull. Pitbull uh, is up there with Nelson Mandela. Definitely. Obviously. I think it's Nelson I Mandela. Think, like whenever. Pitbull. I think whenever I think of Pitbull, I think of Nelson Mandela and vice versa because like their work was so intertwined. You can't have one without you can't. the other. It's like it was such a partnership. And also who's holding up who? We never know. No. Mm-mm. Um incorrect. William Wymark. Oh. I always one. get those four words confused. William Wymark worldwide. William Wy- William Wymark worldwide. Wymark. Oh, sounds like a real it sounds like a Hollywood agency. Yeah, it does. William Wymark Worldwide. Um, okay. He was born in London, 1863. 
His father, wharf manager at the South Devon Wharf on the uh, Thames Estuary. Oh, check you out, WW. WW. Whatever the wharf required, his father managed it. Wow. 1879, after graduating from college, he works as a clerk in a post office, wrote short stories in his spare time. Most of his... <laughs> I, can, I can hear Brett saying this sentence. So Brett's not here. Brett's not here. Brett he, is, he's not in my apartment. He's, he's out O-O-T. of town. Um, but most of his stories were humorous. Okay, I'm going to try and say it in a Brett voice. Okay. Most of his stories were humorous in nature, and his favorite topic was marine life. <laughs> is that a Brett voice? Brett. I'm trying to pick... I haven't quite gotten a... Basically, I, I see, he wrote funny stories about sailors. I'm going to try and read this as Brett. Okay, ready? Okay. Okay. Only, only Brett will know if this is real. I guess people, that, people that know Brett and Brett. Yeah, and know. Brett's fiance. And Amy, yes. Most of his stories were humorous in nature, and his favorite topic was marine life. Basically, he wrote funny stories about sailors. <laughs> okay, I hear it. Many of his stories and characters were based on things that he had directly observed as a kid while accompanying his father on the wharf. Titles include many cargoes, the skipper's wooing, sea urchins, captain's all, night watches, and sailor's knots. Uh, you're losing I'm it. I'm losing it because I can't do the list. Because now do the you're list. doing like a minute. A guy. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Ooh, I'm a guy. Okay, okay, hold on. Hold on. I'll get it back. I'll get it back. I'll get it back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, okay. Uh, however... <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. The story for which he's best remembered is the classic horror tale, The Monkey's Paw. You know what? He's not writing in his voice here. When he writes in his voice, I can do it. You you did the, have the it again. The stories were humorous in nature. Well, his favorite topic is, was marine life. Brett is a very subtle... He's a subtle it, guy. There's not like a... I don't think everybody that Brett knows has their Brett, you know? Yeah, Has no, their Brett it, impression down. And that is why that is my golden crown. I must get it. I, I, Brett is the pinnacle of being able to do an impression. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's not like a thing you can really grab on. But good try. In good 19- try. I, you know what? I will say that those two lines that I did, mm-hmm. most of his stories were humorous in nature and his favorite topic was marine life. Basically, he wrote funny stories about sailors. That, pretty good. I think mm-hmm. that was pretty good. I yeah. definitely lost it later. You did. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm in, not gonna bullshit you. In 1900, he married Agnes Eleanor Williams, a feminist and socialist. You go, WW. Good job, Pitbull. Good job. <laughs> Dale. <laughs> Jacobs's philosophy was conservative. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Why does this always happen to us? Oh, we man. get so excited at the first detail. Oh, man. Even though the marriage suffered from irreconcilable political and social oh, differences. Oh, man. They had two sons oh. and two daughters. Okay, I'm going to try again with the Brett. Okay. Right here, it's... It's another Brett sentence? Yeah. Okay. A slightly built man, pale in complexion and retiring, Jacobs was no literary lion. Ah, oh, I lost yeah, it. It was... I, I see what you were doing. You see what I'm doing? I see what you were doing. He's a measured speaker. He's a measured speaker. And he goes up but he go, and With an up glide. Yeah. He, with a, like... Deep but quiet. Okay, hold voice. on. I'm gonna imagine myself as Brett. I, I love the impression we're giving to him. I'm imagining. <laughs> okay. He avoided publicity, keeping to a small circle of friends, including the illustrator of many of his books, E.W. Kimball. Mm. Is he including how he'd say it? No. That's that's no, 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 a no, it's Kelly. not. It's not. That's Kelly. That was pure Kelly. Including that the was... illustrator of many of his books, E.W. Kimball. Though a successful writer, he never put on airs. 
and then this is just Jacob's diet on September 1st, 1943. <laughs> I don't know how Brett you know would you, announce you someone's have it. death. <laughs> we uh, haven't heard it happen just yet. No, I can't wait though. Mm, crossing my fingers. It's a known. There is no indication of in any of his online biographies of how he died. What? This is in italics. Brett it's because he is made a bad wish. <laughs> because it's because of the monkey's paw. That's what I'm saying. He I made a bad this. wish. He wished what if for we the get perfect, a ghost from right, this? He wished for the perfect woman. And then she was a socialist. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, this isn't and what I was want. like, that's not what I wanted. Mm. I wanted a blonde. <laughs> I wanted, gentlemen prefer blondes. I wanted, I wanted Marilyn Monroe. Okay, ready? Little known fact, she was socialist. He would not have been happy then. I don't know. She wasn't. Actually. Oh, dang. No, just saying. Wouldn't that be a fun Who twist? knows? I don't know enough about her. Ready? Yes. The Monkey's Paw by W.W. Jacobs. Part one. Without, the night was cold and wet, but in the small parlor of Laburnum Villa, the blinds were drawn and the fire burned brightly. Father and son were at chess, the former, who possessed ideas about the game involving radical chances, putting his king into such sharp and unnecessary perils that it even provoked comment from the white-haired old lady knitting placidly by the fire. Well, hell. Even she was talking, and she hadn't spoken for 14 wow. years. She was a skeleton. <laughs> Hark at the wind, said Mr. White. <laughs> who, having seen a fatal mistake after it was too late, was amiably desirous of preventing his son from seeing it. Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so dad uh -huh. makes a mistake. Uh-huh. And he tries to distract his son. He's like, oh, the wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he redid his move? No, he's just trying to, he, like, realized his mistake. So he's, like, trying to distract the son mm -hmm. from, like, looking at the board too much and seeing it too. So he's like, oh, Pay attention to the wind. <laughs> so windy. Good move, Dad. Good move, Dad. Nice try. We'll see if it pans out. I'm listening, said the latter grimly, surveying the board as he stretched out his hand. Check. Oh, I think he saw it. <laughs> I should hardly think that he's come tonight, said his father, with his hand poised over the board. Mate, replied the son. Oof. You suck at chess, Dad. That's the worst of living so far out bawled Mr. White with sudden and unlooked-for violence. Of all the beastly, slushy, out-of-the-way places to live in, this is the worst. Paths a bog and the roads a torrent. I don't know what the people are thinking about. I suppose because only two houses in the road are let, they think it doesn't matter. <laughs> Never mind, dear, said his wife soothingly. Perhaps you'll win the next one. <laughs> you sore loser. You get mad at your house. <laughs> Mr. So bad at losing you hate where you live. Mr. White, he is projecting all over the place. Mm -hmm. Mr. White looked up sharply, just in time to intercept a knowing glance between mother and son. The words died away on his lips and he hid a guilty grin in his thin gray beard. He's like, ah, they got oh, me. Oh, you got know. me. They know I'm such oh, a bad loser. We're family. <laughs> <laughs> we're fun family. When you're here, you're family. All Olive, Olive Garden. Garden. There he is said Herbert White, as the gate banged to loudly and heavy footsteps came to the door. Oh, I'm sorry. As the gate banged to loudly and heavy footsteps. Wait, what? Oh, Jesus Christ. Said Herbert White, as the gate banged too loudly and heavy, and heavy footsteps oh, came oh towards God, the door. Oh, my God, Kelly. Oh, my God. I can't do it. Wow. Help. It's wow. because Brett isn't here, <laughs> refusing to make eye contact with either of us. While we scream at his him. shoulders, his shoulders shaking, shaking as he laughs silently. Oh, you know, isn't like a that, little, like like our little Santa. Isn't that the best Santa gift? 
is Brett's shoulders shaking with laughter. Yeah. That's the thing we're doing. Mm-hmm. That's the best. I'll just imagine it. You know, next time I come over here, Lindsay, I expect that you have built a little <laughs> machine that Let's looks just like Brett laughing. Mike do it. <laughs> we'll make him do it when he comes we'll back. We'll make him turn, not say anything, and we'll just shake his shoulders <laughs> when he thinks something's funny, which is never because he doesn't laugh. <laughs> The old man rose with hospitable haste and opening the door was heard condoling with the new condoling condoling with the new arrival. The new arrival also oh, condoled condole, with condole, himself. Condole, 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 condole to you, condole, condole. So that Mrs. White said, tut, tut, and coughed gently <laughs> condole, as her. Condole, tut, 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 condole. The son is like, I can't fucking tut, wait till I can it move It looks out. like rain. <laughs> <laughs> tut, tut. I fucking won, dad. <laughs> I won, you lost. You're old. <laughs> and coughed gently as her husband entered the room, followed by a tall, burly man, beady of eye and rubicund of visage. Oh. Sergeant Major Morris, <laughs> he said, introducing him. The Sergeant Major shook hands and, taking the proffered seat by the fire, watched contentedly as his host got out whiskey and tumblers and stood with a small copper kettle on the fire. At the third glass, his eyes got brighter. Oh, and he began you know, cut he, to the third. Yeah, cut to the third. Nice. He's just like silently drinking, and they're just like watching. Yeah, they're like, "Wow, wow you drink whiskey so much. Well. You drink so much. <laughs> almost a third helping. Mm-hmm. Almost, yeah. We're almost out. <laughs> There's a storm. We can't <laughs> leave." <laughs> the little family circle regarding his eager interest, this visitor from dis- distant parts, as he squared his broad shoulders in the chair and spoke of wild scenes and. Doughty deeds of wars and plagues. Doughty deeds. Strange peoples. <laughs> oh, good. 21 years of it, said Mr. White, nodding at his wife and son. When he went away, he was a slip of a youth in the warehouse. Now look at him. He doesn't look to have taken much harm, said Mrs. White politely. I'd like to go to India myself, said the old man, just to look around a bit. I told you, Orientalism. Mm-hmm. You know. Mena, I'd love to go to India and gaze at people who aren't white. Yeah. Oh. And go, how do you live like that? How do you live so not white? <laughs> oh, it's weird. Better where you are, said the sergeant major, shaking his head. He put down the empty glass and sighing softly, shook it again. I should like to see those old temples and fakirs. I hope I'm saying that right. And jugglers, said the old man. What was it that you started telling me the other day about a monkey's paw or something, Morris? Oh, this is another like... He's going to tell the story. Around, I'll tell the tale. And we don't. Why, why don't do we, we even just, need to talk about Why can't then? we just see the story unfold? Why does it have to be told to us by the character? Oh, because he's. I think maybe he's going to give it to them. Oh, okay. Well, well, maybe not actually. Well, well, we'll jump see. the gun. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Nothing. So the soldier <laughs> hastily. Tra- la, la. Least away is nothing worth hearing. Monkey's paw. Did you say? <laughs> said Mrs. White curiously. Tut tut. Well, it's just a bit of what you call magic. <laughs> said the sergeant it's major. Nothing. Offhand. Look, it's like, nothing. It's just a mystical object on which I grant wishes. It's just, it's hardly worth talking. Where's your whiskey? I would like more whiskey. I don't want to talk about this object imbued with the souls of five million. Okay. Uh. The three listeners leaned forward <laughs> eagerly. The visitor absentmindedly put his empty glass to his lips and then set it down again. His host, his host filled it for him again. Good work. Uh, to look at, said the sergeant major, fumbling in his pocket. It's just an ordinary little paw, dried to a mummy. He took something out of his pocket and proffered it. 
Mrs. White drew back with a grimace, but her son, taking it, examined it curiously. Stuck it in his mouth, sucked on it some. Mm -hmm. Uh, re uh, remoistened it until yep. it looked as if it were alive. <laughs> um, it had a spell put on it by an old fakir, said the sergeant major, a very holy man. He wanted to show that fate ruled people's lives and that those who interfered with it did so to their sorrow. He put a spell on it so that three separate men could each have three wishes from it. His manners were so impressive that his hearers were conscious that their light laughter had jarred somewhat. Well, why don't you have three, sir? Said Herbert White cleverly. The soldier regarded him cleverly. in the way. Cleverly? Yeah. It's not that clever. Okay. It's just a question. It's not that clever. Yeah. It's just a. Why don't you? <laughs> why don't you do it? <laughs> so and everyone's clever. like, oh, how clever. Oh, your wit. <laughs> the soldier regarded him the way that middle age is wont to regard the presumptuous youth. I have, he said quietly. You fucking idiot. Why the fuck do you think I'm here drinking all your whiskey? <laughs> and his blotchy face whitened. And did you really have the three wishes granted? Asked Mrs. White. I did, said the sergeant major, and his glass tapped against his strong teeth. And as anybody else wished, persisted the old lady. No, no, I wished, and now I'm stuck in this fucking house with you guys. I this just was wished the for result. shelter. I wished to be someplace fucking warm. Now here you're fucking going with you fucking idiot. The first man had his three wishes. Yes, was the reply. I don't know what the first two were, but the third was for death. That's how I got the paw. <laughs> his tones were so grave that a hush fell upon the group. If you've had your three wishes, then it's no good to, to you now, Morris, said the gimme, old man. Gimme. What do you keep it for? Gimme. Gimme. I want you. I want, I want my little paws on that paw. I want paws on paws. Uh, the, soldier, the soldier shook his head. Fancy, I suppose, he said slowly. I did have some idea of selling it, but I don't think I will. It's caused me enough mischief already. Besides, people won't buy. They think it's a fairy tale, some of them. And those who do think anything of it want to try it first and pay me afterward. If you could have another three wishes, said the old man, eyeing him keenly, would you have them? I don't know, said the other. I don't know. He took the paw and dangling it between his forefinger and thumb, suddenly threw it upon the fire. Good work. Oh. White, with a slight cry, stooped down and snatched it off. Wow, he believed in that magic he right did. away. Instantly. I would have just been like, nah, it's going to no, smell now. Okay. No. Not my house. That was a weird story. And then why throw it in our fire? Just throw it outside. What is this little play you're putting on? <laughs> I would just be like, should I clap? <laughs> mm, How did you learn all those lines? <laughs> wow. wow. Better let it burn, said the soldier solemnly. If you don't want it, Morris, said the other, give it to me. <laughs> I won't, said his friend doggedly. I threw it on the fire. If you keep it, don't blame me for what happens. Pitch it on the fire like a sensible man. The other shook his head and examined his possession closely. How do you do it? He inquired. Hold it up in your right hand and wish aloud, Why said the sergeant tell major. Him? Don't tell him. Don't tell him. You just told him. Just be oh. like, uh, you uh, have to dance around and then uh, sit on the floor. Yeah. Like, just make something up and then it won't. Like, happen. It won't happen. Everything's fine. But I warn you of the consequences. Sounds like Arabian Nights, said Mrs. White. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I feel like I'm in my very own <laughs> oriental tale. I would love if the son was like, you're being racist, mom. <laughs> As she rose and began to set the supper. Don't you think you might wish for four pairs of hands for me? Oh, mom, oh, bitches mm. be cooking. Mom's cooking. She needs some help in the kitchen. Hmm. Her, everyone ignored him because they were men. Uh, her, her, hus, 
or everyone ignored her. I'm sorry. Uh, her husband drew the talisman from his pocket and all three burst into laughter. Rude. Ugh. As the sergeant major, with a look of alarm in his face, caught him by the arm. If you must wish, he said gruffly, wish for something sensible. Mr. White dropped it back in his pocket and placing chairs, motioned his friend to the table. In the business of supper, the talisman was partly forgotten. The and afterwards, business of supper. Business of supper. Hi, welcome to my seminar. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Chef Shefton. I'm here to teach you the business of supper. Uh, a potato on a plate and a slab of meat on a bowl. Do you know how high your profits can climb if you have a bowl of clam chowder? Hey, all you have to do is invest in seafood. Triple what you put in, triple what you get out. Uh, di- Mr. White dropped it back in his pocket. Uh, I already said that. <laughs> and afterward, the three sat listening in an enthralled fashion to a second installment of the soldier's adventures in India. Dude, this guy's just got to leave. Yeah. He's just got to go. He's well, like, it's, it's all stormy. It's stormy. It's all true. stormy he's, and shit. Oh my God. Well, he has to, to like forbid them from making wishes. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to. I just want to get to the part where these people are being tortured. Me too. If the tale about the monkey's <laughs> paw is not more truthful than those he's just been telling us, said Herbert as the door closed behind their guest, just in time to catch the last train. Lots of jump cuts. Mm. We shan't make much out of it. Did you give anything for it, father? Re- inquired Mrs. White. She calls him father. He probably calls her mother. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Regarding her husband closely. I know the type. Yeah. A trifle, said he, coloring slightly. He didn't want it, but I made him take it. And he pressed me again to throw it away. Likely, said Herbert with <laughs> pretended horror. Why, we're going to be rich and famous and happy. Wish to be an emperor, father, to begin with. Then you can't be henpecked. It's not sensible, you I asshole. I don't like the son. No. I hope he gets punished first. <laughs> he darted around the table, pursued by the maligned Mrs. White, armed with an antimacassar. Uh, you know what that is. Uh-huh. Your favorite thing, Lindsay. Yeah. Antimacassar. I love or hate those. <laughs> Whichever is appropriate. Mr. White took the paw from his pocket and eyed it dubiously. I don't know what to wish for, and that's a fact, he said slowly. (laughs) That's a rock fact. Oh, my God. It seems to me I've got all I want. If you only cleared the house, you'd be quite happy, wouldn't you? Said Herbert with his hand on his shoulder. These, like, sly little chuckles at each other have got to stop. No, I know. I am over this family. I hate them I liked so much. them at first with the, like, cute little chest bit. Yeah. But now they're like, you may as well do this. Or you may as well. <laughs> Could you ever? And we won't. They're reminding me so much of, like, the family at the beginning of a Fear Street book. Yeah. Like, just too, like, <laughs> you're, you're this and I'm that. <laughs> Joshing. Well, wish for 200 pounds then. That'll just do it. His father, smiling shamefacedly at his own credulity, held up the talisman. As his son, with a solemn face, somewhat marred by a wink at his mother, sat down and struck a few impressive chords. I wish for 200 pounds, said the old man distinctly. A fine crash from the piano greeted his words, interrupted by a shuddering cry from the old man. His wife and son ran toward him. It moved, he cried with a glance of disgust as the ob- at the object as it lay on the floor. As I wished, it twisted in my hand like a snake. Well, I don't see the money, said his son. <laughs> Shut up. I know. You don't have to respond to everything. Shut like, up. You can, ju- you can literally just be like, oh. <laughs> as he picked it up and placed it on the table. And I bet I never shall, 
It must have been your fancy father, said his wife, regarding him anxiously. He shook his head. Never mind, though. There's no harm done, but it gave me a shock all the same. They sat down by the fire again while the two men finished their pipes. Outside, why is the son living at home? Uh, because no woman will have him. <laughs> Correct. Outside, the weather, the wind was higher than ever, and the old man started ner- stared nervously at the sound of a door banging upstairs. A silence unusual and depressing settled on all three, which lasted until the old couple rose to retire for the rest of the night. I expect you'll find the cash tied up in a big bag in the middle of your bed, said Herbert. Oh my God, fucking... Herbert, stop. Just say goodnight. Kill me. Stop it. Just say goodnight. Stop being so fucking cute. And something horrible squatting shut, on top of your wardrobe. Shut up. Watching you as you talk at your ill-gotten up, Herbert. Nobody fucking asked you. He sat alone in the darkness, gazing yeah, at did. the dying fire and seeing faces in it. The last was so horrible and so simian that he gazed at it in amazement. It got so vivid that with an, a little uneasy laugh, he felt on the table for the glass containing a little water to throw over it. His hand grasped the monkey's paw. Ew. And with a little shiver, he wiped his hand on his coat. And went up to bed. <laughs> In the brightness of the wintry sun next morning, as it ste- streamed over the breakfast table, he laughed at his fears. <laughs> there is an air of prosaic wholesomeness about the room that it had lacked on the previous night, and the dirty, shriveled little paw was pitched on the sideboard with a carelessness which betokened no great belief in its virtues. I suppose all soldiers are the same, said Mrs. White. The idea of our listening to such oh nonsense. Oh, my God. We get it. You don't believe it's real. And you're making cute little jokes. We should be past this point in the story. How could wishes be granted these days? And if they could, how could 200 pounds hurt you, father? (laughs) Might drop on his head from the sky, said the frivolous Herbert. Morris said that things happen so naturally, Mm. said his father, that Mm. you might, if you so wished, attribute it to coincidence. No. Well. Don't break into the money before I come back, <laughs> said Herbert as he rose funny. from the table. Funny. I'm afraid it'll turn you into a mean, avaricious man and we'll have to disown yeah. you. Yeah, I would imagine that. Can you even? That whole I thing can't even. is what the mom is doing the whole time. His mother <laughs> laughed and followed him to the door, washed him down the road, and returning to the breakfast table was very happy at the expense of her husband's credulity, <laughs> all of which did not prevent her from scurrying to the door at the postman's knock. <laughs> Nor prevent her from referring somewhat shortly to a retired sergeant major's of bibulous habits mm. when she found that the post brought a tailor's bill. Herbert will have some more of his funny remarks, uh, I expect, when he comes oh home, no. she said as they sat uh, at dinner. Uh, <laughs> Edwin comes charging in. <laughs> I dare say, said Mr. White, pouring himself out some beer. But for all that, the thing moved in my hand. That I'll swear to. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these fucking people. <laughs> you thought it did, said the old lady soothingly. I say it did, replied the other. There was no thought about it. I had just... What's the matter? His wife made no reply. She was watching the mysterious movements of a man outside who, peering in an undecided fashion at the house, appeared to be trying to make up his mind to enter. In mental connection with the 200 pounds, she noticed that the stranger was well-dressed. Oh, my God. And wore a silk hat of glossy newness. 
Glossy Nunes. Glossy Nunes. Oh my God, I love that. Three times Hashtag he paused at the Nunes. gate and then walked on again. Oh my God, what is he doing? The fourth time he stood with his hand upon it and then with sudden resolution flung it open and walked up the path. Whee! Mrs. White was at the same moment. Mrs. White at the same moment placed her hands behind her and hurriedly unfastening the strings of her apron put that useful article of apparel beneath the cushion of her chair. Hilarious. So useful. So funny. She brought the stranger who seemed ill at ease into the room. He gazed at her furtively and listened in a preoccupied fashion as the old lady apologized for the appearance of the room and her husband's coat, a garment which he usually reserved for the garden. She then waited as patiently, Oh, fuck off, Pitbull. What is it? What is it? Darling. She then waited as patiently as her sex would permit for him to broach his business. WW, I see why your wife hated mm-hmm. you. From one socialist feminist to another, I understand her plight. Absolutely. But he was at first strangely silent. I was asked to call, he said at last, and stooped and picked a piece of cotton from his trousers. I come from Ma and Megan's. The old lady started. Is anything the matter? She asked breathlessly. Has anything happened to Herbert? What is it? What is it? Her husband interposed. There, there, mother, he said hastily. Sit down and don't jump to conclusions. You've not brought bad news, I'm sure, sir. And eyed the other wistfully. I'm sorry, began the visitor. Is he hurt? Demanded the mother wildly. Get to the point. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. The visitor bowed in assent. Badly hurt, he said quietly. Ha <laughs> ha. But he is not in any pain. Oh, thank God, said the old woman, clasping her hands. Thank God for that. Thank... She broke off as the sinister meaning of the assurance dawned on her. And she saw the awful confirmation of her fears in the other's averted face. She caught her breath and turning her slow... (laughs) She caught her breath and turning to her slower-witted husband... Nice. ...laid her trembling hand on his. There was a long silence. He was caught in the machinery said the visitor at length in a low voice. Ow, that's painful. Yikes. Caught in the machinery, repeated Mr. White in a dazed fashion. Yes. He sat staring out the window and taking his wife's hand between his own, pressed it as he had been wont to do in their old courting days nearly 40 years before. He was the only one left to us, he said, turning gently to the visitor. It is hard. The other coughed and rising, walked slowly to the window. The firm wishes me to convey their sincere sympathy with you and your great loss, he said without looking round. I beg that you will understand I am only their servant and merely obeying orders. There was no reply. The woman's face was white, her eyes staring, and her breath inaudible. On the husband's face was a look such as his friend the sergeant might have carried into his first action. I was to say that Ma and Megan's disclaim all responsibility, continued the other, They admit no liability at all, but in consideration for your son's services, they wish to present you with a certain sum as compensation. Oh, I wonder what that's going to be. Am I right, Herbert? Yeah, fucking cheeky little shit. This is back in the day when they didn't have like unions and stuff. Mm -hmm. So this is they could do whatever they wanted. This is reminding me of this book that I haven't finished yet called The T Rose, I think. Um, and it's like about like this character. Uh, dad is like trying to unionize mm-hmm. and then they like kill him in an accident mm-hmm. and then give the pa- give the family like 10 pounds and then like dodge them every chance and then they're so poor and they have to live in like a shithole 
that like half the family just dies from like illness and then it's just down to like one character who's like trying to it's very sad are you reading this currently yeah but it's also a romance (laughs) 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 no i'm not actually i haven't read it for like four months i haven't looked at it okay i was like you said you were feeling depressed maybe don't read this for a bit horrifyingly sad um, no, but it's also a romance. I was I was reading it like months ago, oh, okay. and then kind of forgot I was reading it. Mm-hmm. Until well, right now, we'll know what that's like again after our new Supreme Court justice gets put oh, on the yeah. bench. Oh yeah, Mister White dropped his wife's hand and, rising to his feet, gazed with a look of horror at his visitor. His dry lips shaped the words, "How much? Two hundred pounds." Was the and answer. some chapstick for those mm-hmm. dry, dry lips. <laughs> Unconscious of his wife's shriek. The old man smiled faintly, put out his hands like a sightless man, and dropped a senseless heap to the floor. Part 3 In the huge new cemetery some two miles distant, the old people buried their dead and came back to the house steeped in shadows and silence. It was all over so quickly that at first they could hardly realize it, and remained in a state of expectation as though something else to happen, something else which was to lighten the load, too heavy for old hearts to bear. But the days passed and expectations gave way to resignation. The hopeless resignation of the old, sometimes miscalled apathy. Sometimes they hardly exchanged a word, for now they had nothing to talk about, and their days were long to weariness. Oh man, this is a bummer. Mm -hmm. Remember all that fun chess playing and joking? I know. It was annoying. You know what? I wouldn't go back. Yeah, me neither. It was about a week after that that the old man, waking suddenly in the night, stretched out his hand and found himself alone. The room was in darkness, and the sound of subdued weeping came from the window. He raised himself in bed and listened. Come back, he said tenderly. It will be cold. It is colder for my son, said the old woman, and wept afresh. Oh, true. The sounds of her sobs died away on his ears. The bed was warm and his eyes heavy with sleep. He dozed fitfully and then slept until a sudden wild cry from his wife awoke him with a start. The paw, she cried wildly. The monkey's paw. Yeah. He started up in alarm. Where? Where is it? What's the matter? She came stumbling across the room toward him. I want it, she said quietly. You've not destroyed it? It's in the parlor on the bracket, he replied, marveling. Why? She cried and laughed together and bending over, kissed his cheek. I only just thought of it, she said hysterically. Why didn't I think of it before? Why didn't you think of it? Think of what? He questioned. The other two wishes, she replied rapidly. We've only had one. Was not that enough? He demanded fiercely. No, she cried triumphantly. We'll have one more. Go down and get it quickly and wish our boy alive again. No. The man sat in bed and flung the bedclothes from his quaking limbs. Good God, you are mad, he (laughs) cried aghast. Get it, she panted. Get it quickly and wish. Oh, my boy, my boy. My boy. My boy. This is like the first uh, episode of Twin Peaks where they're all like, "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) Laura Palmer. The whole town. <laughs> the whole town. The entire town is like, Laura Palmer. <laughs> this is just in a house. <laughs> just the one. Just the one. Just the one. I mean, here's the thing. You could like really specifically wish for the sun to be back if you like do it in like a really long sentence. Yeah. If you write your wishes out. Yeah. And you like think about it a lot. You and could at least protect it. yourself. Yeah. Although. It does suck because he made a sensible wish. 200 pounds? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty sensible. It was. 
it could have come to him in a different way. Sure. Like a, a distant relative dies or something. Or yeah. like you find it. Or you or find someone's dog. wants to do the meanest thing. Because if he said he cursed it with magic so that it would show men who like try to like, like fuck with fate. Fuck with fate. Does that mean it was not in his fate to get 200 pounds in his whole life? That's sad. I guess all at once and right then. Yeah. Also, I don't know how much 200 pounds translates to. No idea. 200 pounds in 1902 money. Two million dollars. <laughs> in that case? Mm-hmm. Stop. Do it. You wish that boy did. <laughs> Her husband struck a match and lit the candle. Get back to bed, he said unsteadily. You don't know what you are saying. <laughs> we had the first wish granted, said the old woman feverishly. Why not the second? A coincidence, stammered the old man. Go get it and wish, cried his wife, quivering with excitement. Why doesn't she do it? I don't, I guess you, the one person has to do the, all the wishes. So before you can reset and do someone else? Yeah. You know, it doesn't work for women. Oh, that's what it that's is. That's it. That's you, it. Because they know not to wish for things. Yeah. Because uh, they don't get anything. Because we know not to expect anything right, right, out of right. life. And so okay, we, we can't. We literally were unable to say the words. We, I wish I w- for something I for myself. I can't do it. Like, I, I was able to say that, but if I wanted to say an actual wish. Right. Like, watch. See. Mm, couldn't do I it. I couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. Everyone, yeah. she couldn't do it. Everyone, so you know, podcast is a visual medium. Everyone. Lindsay couldn't do it. The old man turned and regarded her, and his voice shook. He has been dead ten days, and besides, he... I would not tell you else, but I could only recognize him by his clothing. If he was Yikes. too terrible oh my for God. you to see then, how now? Because he got bitten up by machine. Yeah, he got sucked into a machine. Mm-hmm, that's horrible. Oh, my God. Nightmare. Bring him back cried the old woman and dragged him towards the door. Do you think I fear the child I have nursed? Uh, yeah, when it's a... When it's a mangled up mangled mush up. pot. If your son looks like a chicken pot pie, that's not your son anymore. Do not subscribe. <laughs> Hashtag unfollow. <laughs> Hashtag unfollow unfriend. <laughs> he went down in the darkness and felt his way to the parlor and then to the mantelpiece. The talisman was in its place and a horrible fear that the unspoken wish might bring his mutilated son before him ere he could escape from the room seized up on him, and he caught his breath as he found that he had lost the direction of the door. His brow cold with sweat, he felt his way around the table and groped along the wall until he found himself in the small passage with the unwholesome thing in his hand. Even his wife's face seemed changed as he entered the room. It was white and expectant, and to his fear seemed to have an unnatural look upon it. He was afraid of her. Yeah. Wish, she cried in a Yikes. strong voice. It is foolish and wicked, he faltered. Wish, repeated his wife. He raised his hand. I wish my son alive again. The talisman fell to the floor and he regarded it fearfully. Then he sank trembling into a chair as the old woman, with burning eyes, walked to the window and raised the blind. He sat until he was chilled with the cold, glancing occasionally at the figure of the old woman peering through the window. The candle end, which had burned below the rim of the china candlestick, was throwing pulsating shadows on the ceiling and walls, until with a flicker larger than the rest, it expired. The old man, with an unspeakable sense of relief at the failure of the talisman, why would you think that? Why did you think that? It took a while for the Yeah, it took me like a whole day for him to die. Crept back to his bed, 
and a minute afterward the old woman came silently and apathetically beside him. Neither spoke, but lay silently listening to the ticking of the clock. A stair creaked and a squeaky mouse scurried noisily through the wall. The darkness was oppressive, and after lying for some time screwing up his courage, he took the box of matches and, striking one, went downstairs for a candle. At the foot of the stairs, the match went out, and he paused to strike another, and at the same moment a knock came so quiet and stealthily as to be scarcely audible, sounded on the front door. Knock, knock, motherfucker. Oh, like a ghost story. Oh my god. It was a hook. It was a, it, The call was coming from inside the house. The matches fell from his hand and spilled in the passage. He stood motionless, his breath suspended until the knock was repeated. Then he turned and fled swiftly back to his room and closed the door behind him. Ah, uh, the third knock sounded through the house. Oh my God, no. What's that? Cried the old woman, starting up. A rat, the old man said in shaking tones. A rat, it passed me on the stairs and also then it knocked on the door. <laughs> then it knocked on the door twice and I ran. Oh my God. His wife sat up in bed listening. A loud knock resounded through the house. It's Herbert. She ran to the door, but her husband was before her and catching her by the arm, held her tightly. What are you going to do? He whispered hoarsely. It's my boy. It's Herbert, she oh cried, God, struggling stop. mechanically. I forgot it was two miles away. What are you holding me for? Let go. I must open the door. For God's sake, don't let it in, cried the old man, trembling. You're afraid of your son, she cried, struggling. Let me go. I'm coming, Herbert. I'm coming. There was another knock and another. The old woman, with a sudden wrench, broke free and ran from the room. Her husband followed to the landing and called after her appealingly as she hurried downstairs. He heard the chain rattle back and the bolt drawn slowly and stiffly from the socket. Then the old woman's voice strained and panting. The bolt, she cried loudly. Come down, I can't reach it. But her husband was on his hands and knees, groping wildly on the floor in search of the paw. She can't reach. If only he could find it before the thing outside got in. A perfect fusillade of knocks, I don't know, reverberated through the house and he heard the scraping of a chair as his wife put it down in the passage against the door. He heard the creaking of the bolt as it came slowly back. And at the same moment, he found the monkey's paw and frantically breathed his third and last wish. The knocking ceased suddenly, although the echoes of it were still in the house. He heard the chair drawn back and the door opened. A cold wind rushed up the staircase and a long, loud wail of disappointment and misery from his wife gave him the courage to run down to her side, and then to the gate beyond. The street lamp flickering opposite shone on a quiet and deserted road. Oh, this is exactly, or I should say the episode, episode of Buffy, Buffy is exactly like it that. It is exactly like that. Oh, uh, but the I love the twist in that one, though, where it's yeah. like Buffy is the one saying to... Yeah. To Dawn, like, don't, you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done this. And then, and then Dawn's the one who has to destroy it. And Buffy's the one who runs to the door. It's and so is like, Mommy. sad. And then them so. sobbing together at the Ugh. end when the door opened. What a good show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, okay. So I'm glad that the son is still dead. Yeah, we didn't like him. We didn't like him. The, I think the parents We're have learned. We're pro-death of people we don't like. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. If you know anything about us. Yeah. You know that we're petty, horrible people. Yeah, if if you slightly bother me. Mm-hmm. I wish you dead. Off with your head. <laughs> I wish you dead. dead off, off with, with your, your head. head. Um, wow. Uh, I didn't expect it to be 
that much of a story with the yeah. beginning, middle, and end. I thought it was just going to be, and then this bad wish happened. Yeah. And then this bad wish happened, which I both like and dislike because I just wanted to hear more bad wishes. I wanted them to experience more bad things. That was a really long yawn. No, I wanted them to experience more bad things. Um, but I mean, I guess they experienced... Smart to use the last wish to undo. Undo it. I mean, you have to. But isn't that interesting that the that the paw let them do that? It is, but it's it's almost like the paw went, yes, this is how fate works. Be. Yeah. Wow. You did right by undoing your attempt to control fate. How dare you how attempt to control you. fate? You Who dare disturb my slumber? <laughs> um, cool. Great pick, Brett. Thumbs up. Good work, Brett. Good work, Brett. Um, hashtag good work, Brett. Hashtag good work, Brett. <laughs> I think maybe we we should put that on on something. Yeah. Hashtag good work, Brett. Like, like we could put it on a little we like put it on a tweet on a little sailor hat, <laughs> and then he can wear it. Is that mean? I don't think so. Okay. Mm. Um. Well, great. thank you for joining us for another episode of Public Domain Theater. Um, we have like no business to take care of we don't have any business i mean i guess you could follow our podcast oh yeah follow the podcast on social media Mm -hmm. public Public domain Domain pod Pod. (laughs) and on facebook yeah find our facebook page yeah Um, and our facebook group that i'm gonna start when we stop recording great yeah we're busy people Mm -hmm. um awesome well thank you guys so much for listening and uh keep it lit Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.